Mic check one two one two. Mic check one two one two. A taste to consider podcast. We back. Yes, we back. Uh yes. Mic check one two. One two one two. Mic check one two one two. Mic check one two one two. Let's go. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver, and we back. Back for another episode, back for another taste, just a taste, part three. Yes, it's been a minute since you last heard from me, but I'm back. Back again for another episode, and let me tell you, this episode took a minute to get going. (laughs) This is the... I'm just estimating this is like the seventh time I've tried to record this episode tonight. <laughs> um, the other six times that I tried to record, I was too lit. I pre-gamed before I recorded. And as usual, I always pre-game before I record. I blast my music, get hyped up, have a drink, smoke a cigar. But I got a little too lit. Too fast. Too lit, too fast. <laughs> Man, I tell you, I was out of it. Out of it. Too lit, too fast. Just the taste, part three. Too lit, too fast. <laughs> That's the name of the episode right there. Man, I didn't really eat too much today. And I started pre-gaming and it was it was downhill from there. I had to, yeah, it was over with. I mean, I was stumbling, fumbling, bumbling, mumbling (laughs) all over this episode when I tried to record it. And I had to take a quick power nap (laughs) to get going. But I finally recorded, finally started to record. It's 12.28 right now. Yeah, I tried to start recording this episode around 8 o'clock. And it just wasn't happening. I was too lit, too fast. I started out drinking Uncle Nearest 1884 small batch whiskey. I think I had like three, four glasses and a cigar. It was it was over with. I was done. Yeah. Like before before all of that, like the only thing I had to eat today was some raisin bran and some organic applesauce. <laughs> but I thought I was going to be all right because, you know, um, my my eating habits have, have totally changed, you know, over the past couple of years. I don't I don't eat a lot. Um, I, I only eat when I necessarily have to eat. Sometimes I have to force myself to eat because I just don't be having an appetite like that, you know. Um, I'd be cool off of... Uh, drinking tea and drinking water. I already was doing intermittent fasting, so I wouldn't eat my first meal until like 1, 1.30 um, in the afternoon. 
But sometimes I'll just go straight past that and I will be fine, you know. I wouldn't be hungry or anything, but I ate some uh, raisin bran around, I guess, like 2, 3 o'clock. Then right after that, I had some, um, I had the applesauce and, you know, I was finishing up doing my work and stuff like that. And I went out, got my cigar, got my drink, um, came back here and, you know, start setting up, start drinking while I was setting up, and it was just it just went downhill from there. Um, once I started getting tipsy and tried to record, and I was mumbling and bumbling and stumbling all over the recording, I had to just uh, you know drink some water, get myself right, uh, made me something to eat, ate that, and I sat in my reclining chair and like. I was out for a minute, woke up, the music was still playing, and um, yeah, so I got up, I was like, let me just go ahead and record, um, I had to push myself to, to get up, because I was just going to choke it up to to just wait till tomorrow to record, but I'm up now, and it's 12.30 right now, and I'm recording, so when I was pre-gaming, uh, the cigar that I was smoking was a Alec Bradley Black and Market, um, Black Market Esteli. Um, the cigar that I started smoking when I was recording, recording, or well, trying to record was a Perdermo Lot 23 cigar. And I'm sparking that up right now, The what was left of it from when I was trying to record, it was like a half a cigar left. Taking a couple of puffs to get this jump started back up. I still got the half a glass of uh, Uncle Nerys left that was sitting here when I fell asleep. I'm sure it was, uh, like, partially watered down by now, but, yeah, it's watered down right now. I'm sipping it. It's, it's watered down, but I'm going to go ahead and finish this glass off while I'm recording. Yeah, so... All right, there we go. I got the cigar back sparked up. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of stuff going on since the last time I met with you. Um, since I spoke to you, of course, we had the the debates, presidential debates, Biden, uh, Trump, vice presidential debate, Kamala and Pence, drama, madness. I don't even even want to get into it for real. <laughs> um. Where do I begin? Um, shoot. I got my outline right here. I um, guess I'll begin um, with some light, something small. Um, anybody who's big on Netflix and stuff like that, y'all know that um, a lot of black sitcoms, excuse me, that's burp number one. Excuse me, burp number two. Y'all know that a lot of uh, black sitcoms have been popping back up on, uh, well, not back up, but 
popping up on Netflix. Um, but one of my favorites, Girlfriends, is on Netflix now, and I've been I binge watched the whole uh, series. What was it? Eight, nine episodes. I I watched it all the way through, and it was interesting watching the the series again because you know I'm much older now. I've been through a lot of more things. And it's just interesting just to see uh, a lot of the things that was played out on the show relationship-wise, because I've talked about it plenty of times before on the podcast about how, you know, our, our whole lives is about relationships, whether it's intimate, um, intimate relationships, um, platonic relationships, uh, you got your relationships at work, um, everything is about relationships, even the relationship with yourself. And it was just uh, amazing to see how a lot of those relationships uh, went on and how I view them now being much older and going through more things as opposed to when the series first came out and I was much younger in my early 20s and stuff like that and really having experienced a lot of things. But um, I remember back then uh, when I was watching the, the series, and how Tony was my favorite character on the show. And it was more so um, she was my favorite character because of um, phys- physically she was my favorite character because of her, uh, I was attracted to her, to her physically, her body shape and stuff like that. And Joan as well, but mostly uh, Tony. But it's, but now it's like uh, the older I've gotten and, you know, watching the show now, my favorite character is actually Maya on the show. And, you, of course, you have uh, the characters. You got Joan, uh, you got Tony, you got Lynn, you got Maya, and you got William, <laughs> who's basically the fifth girlfriend. But, yeah, and it was... It was interesting because me just watching the show and stuff and just noticing a lot of things and it was like all of them were trying to find and and I'm just specifically talking about the women. Um, The four of them were trying to find meaning in their life. And, you know, you had Joan and uh, she was trying to find meaning in her life through relationships, through uh, romantic relationships, trying to find a man and stuff like that, the perfect man for her. And that, you know, uh, correlated with her having the perfect life as far as, you know, her being in her her late 20s and already being a junior partner of a law firm and stuff like that. And she was trying to find that perfect partner the the perfect relationship to go along with that perfect life career-wise that she already had. And, you know, that was how she was trying to find meaning with her life. And, you know, anybody who watched Girlfriends, you know, I I really don't like to use this term, but uh, Joan would go crazy over her relationships. And, you know, she would have a lot of interesting um, situations with her relationships and stuff like that. And with with Tony, um, she was trying to find meaning in her life based off the materialistic aspect. You know, she went through her life, uh, her younger years being, as she, you know, described it as being poor. So she didn't want to 
live her adulthood life that way. So she was always trying to find a rich man and stuff like that. And even outside of her trying to find a rich man, she always wanted to have the the materialistic things, you know, clothes, you know, cars and stuff like that. And with Lynn, she was always trying to find meaning with, you know, her her um her purpose. You know, she had like five degrees and she was trying to figure out what she wanted to do with her life and stuff like that, searching for that purpose, her purpose. That that's what she was trying to find meaning. And with Maya, Maya had an interesting story because it was sort of similar to Lynn as far as finding purpose, but it was more so trying to find her voice, trying to find who find out who she was. That was how she was trying to find meaning in her life. You know, she didn't really find meaning in her life until she was divorced from her husband and she was basically on her own. She got married early, right after high school, had a kid and everything. So she really didn't have a chance to find out who she was as a person, who her voice was. But eventually she find, she found that, you know, when she was on her own, she had no choice, you know, but to figure that out while she was on her own, you know, because her 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 meaning, her purpose in life was to be a mother and a wife. But when she was on her own, she had to figure out who she was. So I thought that was very interesting, and and that was kind of one of the reasons why Tony was my favorite character because I really uh, liked her story, and 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 plus she she to me she basically made the show, you know, um, with her her comedic aspect of of her character made the show, and. It was just interesting just seeing how they all interacted together based off of their how they were trying to find the meanings of their life. Because when you look at the the dynamic that they had in their friendship, they weren't really good girlfriends. But that's not necessarily a slight to them because, you know, um, they had their own things going on. So they were kind of using each other in a sense, to find their purpose, their, find their meaning in life or whatever. So in a sense, they were good girlfriends, but in a sense, they weren't good girlfriends because they had their their struggles in their individual lives that um, blended in with their relationships, and they made a lot of bad decisions, and, you know, it looked like they weren't really good girlfriends, but essentially they were. But when it came down to it, this is just my opinion. Um, Maya, she was the the best girlfriend out of all of them. You know, she didn't she didn't really cross none of them or anything like that. The rest of them was kind of like using each other for some type of purpose. You know, you had Lynn; she was using all of the girlfriends for a place to stay, mooching off of them and stuff. You had Tony; she she had a, a lot. She had a real egotistical narcissistic personality to a degree based off of her materialistic um personality and stuff and she wasn't really a good friend and you had um you had Joan and Joan will probably be like the second best girlfriend because she was like real loyal to 
um, Lynn taking care of her and stuff like that and always being there for for uh, Tony and stuff like that and, and giving Maya opportunities and stuff. So, you know, that's it was just interesting to me because it showed me how, you know, uh, relationships play out when it comes to um, women. And it wasn't even just them being women. You know, you can take the things that they went through in their relationships and stuff and apply it to men as well. So a lot of the things that was going on resonated with me because when it comes down to it, you know, relationships is relationships. It doesn't really matter as far as man or woman. You know, you have individual or unique aspects of a person, but, you know, it's always something that's similar when it comes down to relationships. So me being older and looking at the show and stuff, it made me um, appreciate more about uh, how you deal with people and how you're in relationships with people and stuff like that and not to judge or criticize people for how they do certain things and just understand that everybody does things based off of their their past or their their foundation or lack of foundation, et cetera. So I thought it was a good show. And and it had me sitting there comparing, you know, which show is better as far as girlfriends and um um what's the damn show? Insecure that's on HBO. And I asked a few people and they and a few and majority of the people said that they thought uh Insecure was a better show than Girlfriends. And I can see why they say that based off of, you know, the romanticism of just the fact that Insecure is a more current show and also Insecure is a cable show and Girlfriends was a network show. So the look of it was different and you couldn't really go deep into the girlfriends because it was on the network and insecure being on the cable television show. But I think overall they're both great shows, but I absolutely think girlfriends is a better show. I think if you, if you get past the comedic aspect of things and you actually look at the show girlfriends that you will see that how a lot of stuff will resonate with, with you because it's, it was universal things going on when it came to the relationship aspect of them dealing with each other. But another show that um I've been real into lately is uh, Lovecraft Country. Um, it's on HBO, and it's a great show. I love that show, Lovecraft Country. Um, on HBO, um, Journey Smollett is is uh, the star in the show, um, and I forgot the the male actor's name in it, but he's doing a great job as well. But Journey Smollett, she's doing a great job. It's it's just a great show. Um, how they mix in um, the struggles of black people and uh past uh past 
situations that that has happened to black people and stuff like that, and how they tie in the the um, science fiction aspect to it and the spiritual aspect and stuff like that. It's just a great show, metaphysical and all that. They got all that stuff in there. And, you know, for those people who aren't into the science fiction and metaphysical and spiritual things, it will open you up to it because they go into they go into how those aspects play a role into black culture. And I just think it's a beautiful show. Like the most recent episode, it was a it was just a great episode. And um I really, I really enjoy that show. And I enjoy it for the simple fact that, you know, they talk about generational curses um, in the black black families. Um, they go into depth about the belief in, in yourself, um, the power that we hold, but we suppress as black people. Um, how white people use use our power, our spirituality, our metaphysical uh, gifts and stuff against us. Um, the power of belief, I am. Um, they go into trauma, which is part of uh, generational curses. They go into the trauma. You know, they they flash back to a lot of past things in history when it comes to black culture. Um, the power that we don't believe in, you know, um, which is metaphysical, spiritual and stuff, you know, um, because of our history in this country and stuff like that, we lost a lot of, um, we don't know a lot of our, a lot of our power as far as spirituality and metaphysics and stuff like that. And, you know, they, as I said, they go, you know, back in the past with black culture and stuff, and they um, go into depth about racism and stuff like that. And it's just it's just a beautiful show. If you just sit down and watch it and have an open mind to it and, you know, research things um, that's talked about when it comes to spirituality, metaphysics, and stuff like that, um, you know, you will learn a lot. It's just a beautiful show. A real beautiful show. Um, and I believe that um, last Sunday was the season finale, or is it this this Sunday coming up? I think it's this Sunday coming up is the uh, season finale. I think it's like um, it's either eight or ten episodes in the first season. It's a, it's a great show, really great show. Um, and I suggest all, you know, anybody who's black, you know, watch the show. It's, a, it's just a great show. But other than that, um, I know I've talked about previously on some of the other shows about Meg Thee Stallion. She was recently on uh, Saturday Night Live, and uh, she had her performance, and, you know, she spoke out about uh, things that's going on uh, as far as the police killings and stuff like that. 
But one thing that I found was inter- interesting about um, Meg and all the stuff that she's going through with uh, allegedly being shot and stuff like that and stuff that she's going through with Tory Lanez is that how, and I've talked about this plenty of times before of how, you know, the polit- politicians, particularly the Democrats, have been using uh, black celebrities to push their agenda, par- um, pandering. And I saw after her performance how uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden were coming out and talking about how they, you know, once they get in the office, they will make it a priority to uh, put a focus on black women and protecting black women and stuff like that. And I just thought it was interesting because this is just more stuff that I've talked about before about how the Democrats have been pandering and using narratives uh, when it comes to black people, particularly black celebrities and stuff, and using them to get votes and stuff. And they've been doing it for years, so it's nothing new. They've been doing it ever since uh, Bill Clinton, since the time that he was on Arsenio Hall's show playing the saxophone. So it's nothing new uh, that the Democrats has been doing. But, yeah, it's very interesting, (laughs) and I thought that they was doing that. So I'm not surprised, you know, protect the black woman. That's been a a big theme uh, for the past uh, month or two. But um, also, I spoke about Cardi B and how they used her and they was using her during the primaries, actually, when she was interviewing uh, Bernie Sanders and stuff like that. And <laughs> not just to go away from the politics aspect of Cardi B, um, I believe on the last episode I talked about how her and Offset, um, how she filed for divorce from Offset and how I was like, I really ain't got nothing to say about that, and I'm not surprised. But it recently came out that, you know, she was talking about how she was getting back with Offset, and I'm not surprised about that either. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I don't really, (laughs) I don't really have no big takes on it or anything like that, but she recently had the, come out and and uh defend herself you know because a lot of people was getting on her about you know getting back with um offset and stuff like that and i had a clip um a clip when she was uh talking about it let me see let me pull this up for y'all here we go Cardi, you're in a mentally abusive relationship. Oh my gosh, we gotta save you. And I be like, all right, but can I fuck him today? Because I need to have sex. And niggas in my DMs talking about what up, big head. I don't like that. I'm 28 years old. And I'm, and my head's not big. Actually it is, but now with a lace front, the fuck? 
Just be like, Cardi, you're in a. Yeah, um, that was one clip. That's that wasn't the clip I was actually trying to find. Let me see if I can actually find the clip that I wanted to find. I think she actually um got rid of her uh I think she um deleted her Instagram for a while because of all the Oh, here you go. Let me see if I can find it. Um Damn. Yeah, she ain't got the video up no more. Let me see. I know I saw it somewhere else. But yeah, she was basically um, you know, defending the fact that she was getting back with uh her husband that, you know, she was calling off the divorce and it was a it was a certain aspect of the of what she said what that I wanted to get into. Um, I think this is it right here. Let me see. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it. Please let it be it. <laughs> On some G shit, I didn't even really want to talk about my relationship shit because I know y'all sick and tired of me going back and forth with Offset because, you know, I'm just a crazy bitch. But my thing is, I just hate when people start using certain words too loosely. That it's just like, bro, y'all sound fucking crazy. Like, when y'all start using the word abusive, I'm not in a physical abusive relationship. I'm not in a mental abusive relationship. I have choices. When me and, when I'm, when me and my nigga are going through some shit, I'm not being tied down in a bedroom. I'm not being harassed with a hundred phone calls. If I need a break... I go to my other house. I got like two houses in LA and a personal studio. I have a house in Atlanta. I have a house in New York. Like, I could fly. I could do whatever I want. If I take a break from a nigga and I decide to work things out, that's regular relationship shit. If I want to go to an extreme to teach a nigga a fucking lesson and fucking file for divorce, I could do that. It's my life. I'm not getting no fucking abuse. If we work things out, if we sit down and work things out and I tell a nigga what I don't like, what I want to change, when he tells me what he wants me to change, what he wants me to stop doing, we could do that. Why y'all trying to make everything abuse, abuse, abuse? Yo, chill. Y'all be using words and terms in the, in the internet. That shouldn't even make sense. Y'all don't even live with us. I don't know what the fuck we be talking about. I don't know what the fuck we be going through. And then it's like, oh, you're taking back gifts. I'm going to always get gifts. I'm a rich bitch. Niggas going to always spoil me. I'm going to always get spoiled. Even if I'm not with a nigga or, or, with, or when I'm with a nigga. I'm going to always get spoiled. My relationship is not only about gifts and shit. I'm just spoiled, so I'm going to always get it. And what y'all want me to do, not take it? Hell the fuck, yeah, I'm going to motherfucking take it. Shit, y'all bitches take flowers from y'all niggas all the motherfucking time. And let's say me and my baby father are not together. If you want to get me a car for my birthday, why not? If you and your baby father's not together and you're a great mom and you're a great bitch and he gives you flowers, you deserve that. But niggas want to give me a car, I'm going to take it. And I needed a mommy car. I have a mommy car in Atlanta. I have a man back in Atlanta, I needed something nice and smooth to ride in LA, and that's what he gave me, I really wanted a Ferrari, but if a nigga wanna give me a color, then that's it, I got, that's what I get, shit, 
That doesn't make me want to fuck a nigga. I, I clearly spoke to him. I clearly, okay, worked things out little by little, slower by slowly, day by day. It's crazy how y'all got to fucking give y'all an explanation because y'all want to fucking make think pieces of the shit that's going on in my home. Y'all weird as hell. If it wasn't, if that divorce shit didn't went to the court, y'all would have even never knew what the fuck was going on. So please stop. Yeah, and it's a part two to to that. Let me play that for y'all. Back in Atlanta, I needed something nice and smooth to write in LA. Oh, all right. Well, that already played. It went already all the way through. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, I agree with her. Um, it's her relationship. She can do whatever she want to do. I mean, it don't, it don't matter. I mean... I mean, she is a celebrity, so stuff is going to be in the spotlight. But when it comes down to it, a person's relationship is dead. A couple's relationship is their relationship. They can do whatever they want to do, whether they want to break up and get back together and that. Um, but the only thing that I do disagree with is the fact when she was talking about abuse and stuff like that, all abuse isn't physical. You know, there is mental abuse and... You know, a lot of things can be toxic and it could be um, actually defined as emotional or mental abuse. And but we're not living, you know, we're not living in their home. Just like she said, we're not living in their home. So we don't know what the hell is going on. But, you know, obviously there seems to be something weird about what's going on um with their <laughs> with their relationship um but you know i don't really have no big take on it because it is what it is i mean she want to get back with that nigga if he want to get back with her it is what it is it ain't none of my business i can care less but i won't be surprised if they break up i won't be surprised if they get back together i'm just not surprised i mean it's just it's just not a surprise to me, you know. And just like I said, me being older and going through stuff and like that, you know, people break up, then they get back together. I mean, it's, it's, it's really not a big deal. I mean, like she said, um, you come together and you communicate whatever you have to communicate. Um, and if you choose to get back with that person after that communication, then you do it. If you don't, then you you don't. You know, it is what it is. But the most important thing is you know to communicate and to respect each other so yeah but another thing that happened with cardi in the midst of when she was getting back with offset and um i know her birthday was a couple of days ago and right after that um she had a she accidentally posted a allegedly accidentally <laughs> posted a new photo um on social media and it was interesting just um, for her to, for that to happen, for the simple fact that, you know, how everybody reacted towards it. Because, I mean, if anybody has been paying attention for a while, everybody's seen Cardi naked already. I mean, she was a stripper before she became a rapper and stuff. So people have seen her naked before. So it wasn't really a big deal. But it was just interesting to me how people react to it, particularly men. <laughs> And it's just wild because um, 
people started commenting on her areolas, the areolas of her breast, and how big they were and stuff like that. And it's just weird because I always find it interesting when I see dudes comment on comment on women's bodies. And I look at it like they body shaming women, you know, because I be looking at it like a lot of these dudes that be body shaming women or whatever. These dudes ain't in no type of shape. They be fat and out of shape and all this other stuff, but they got the nerve to always be wanting a a bad a bad bitch, as they say, a bad chick or whatever, uh, with a flat stomach, big titties, fat ass, and all this other stuff. But them niggas be out of shape like shit, and that always boggles my mind. I be thinking to myself, like, how the audacity of y'all niggas to be talking about how y'all want a woman to look, and y'all niggas be out of shape and shit. <laughs> it just be wild to me. But yeah, people was basically body shaming her, and I just think it's always weird when I see guys body shaming women and and them niggas be out of shape and shit. It's just <laughs> it's just weird, but. I ain't gonna lie, I mean, it be it be women's fault because y'all be allowing these dudes to body shame y'all and y'all be competing with other women trying to make y'all bodies look a certain way so y'all can get the attention of these dudes who be out of shape like shit. <laughs> but ah, whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. Um Yeah, it's Mercury Retrograde. Mercury Retrograde started this week. Uh, today is, well, it's Saturday. Technically technically Saturday, but still Friday. But yeah, Mercury Retrograde started, um, I think it was Tuesday. And if y'all been listening to the show plenty of times before, of course y'all know Mercury Retrograde always fucking up some shit particularly electronics, communication, and all that other stuff. And what's interesting is Mars is actually in retrograde as well. And Mars has been in retrograde for a while now. And they're both going to end around the same time in November. Uh, Mercury supposed to end in November 3rd, Mars uh, November 13th. But yeah, Mercury retrograde already starting off with a bang for me. I was chilling in the house uh two day two nights ago and my router went out um just off of the weirdness. It went out and then it popped back on. Um but yeah, Mercury retrograde, gotta be careful with that. Um I can go into all the stuff about it, but just go look it up. I mean, it it deals with communication, electronics, and all that other stuff. So you got to be careful with how you communicate if you're getting into any any arguments or anything like that. And compounded on to that, you know, like I already said, Mars retrograde, and it's the same thing, Mars retrograde. You got to be careful about getting into any type of arguments or anything like that, breaking up if you're in a relationship, all that other stuff, and it's just it's just a wild time. Mars retrograde. You'll probably be out here already if you if you feeling like lethargic, um, not really a lot of energy, not motivated and stuff like that. They gotta do with Mars retrograde. Um, yeah, and they both retrograding at the same time. So it's a lot of just um, foolishness going on out here. So just you know, just take a step back and you know. Uh, 
take a breath and don't react so quickly because, you know, they both deal with all of that anger and stuff like that and communications and stuff and and Mercury deals with travel and all that other stuff. So be careful about um, the details of your travel, details of signing any contracts, starting anything new and stuff like that. So just be aware of all of that stuff because it's 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 real. A lot of people don't believe in astrology or whatever, but I mean, just uh, yesterday, Twitter was down for for a while, and there's no coincidence because Twitter usually Twitter, IG, Facebook, all that usually goes down around Mer- Mer- Mercury retrograde at some point, and it happened already, and we only in the first week of Mercury. Excuse me, Mercury retrograde. I think that's burp five or six. I don't know. I'll stop counting. But yeah, um, it's still 2020, so you know we got all the stuff going on with Trump and stuff. So Trump always the biggest, the biggest story. Trump, you know, um, diagnosed with COVID. He was tested positive for COVID, and. I mean, what can you say there? I mean, is it real? Is it not? You know, he always talk about fake news, but is he is he pushing the fake news himself on that side to get sympathy and stuff like that? Personally, I didn't. I don't feel like he did have COVID. I feel like he just used it to turn the attention away from, you know, um, all the stuff that was going on around the time with the presidential debate and just you know just trying to get sympathy and playing the politics game honestly um because you know how he was he been acting with the covid he ain't thinking it's real and not wearing masks and all that other stuff so i just think it was just politics game whether he had it or not so yeah it is what it is i mean it's 2020 <laughs> 2020 you can expect anything whether he had it or not I still I still think that he was playing the politics game you know when it when it boils down to it um but supposedly he's fine now so he's been uh having rallies and stuff I know he had one in North Carolina um on Friday and they was out there them Trump supporters was out there no mask on and stuff like that so it's just I mean, what can you say? It's just awesome. It's like a reality TV show when it comes to him. But, um, yeah, along with um, (laughs) with Trump is the – is the news of – Ice Cube and his, uh, I talked about it before, Ice Cube and his uh, contract with Black America and how he's been talking about that for months. He's been trying to, you know, push that, you know, get people to to um, read it and to get on board with it and stuff and trying to push it out there as far as um, getting, you know, politicians on board with it to give you know um black black america black people 
excuse me, black people, you know, to catch up economically and stuff like that. Um, and he's been getting a lot of he's been getting a lot of slander and flack for um, meeting with Trump, the Trump administration recently, and. You know, uh, I follow him on Twitter, so he was talking about how, you know, both parties contacted him, you know, and he was like, uh, the Democrats said that uh, they'll address the contract with Black America after the election. Uh, And he said that Trump, the Trump campaign made uh, adjustments to their plan, their Trump's, Donald Trump's platinum plan after, you know, talking talking to him about the contract with black America and stuff. And he's just been getting, he's just been getting slammed for, you know, a meeting with Trump. And I just feel like it's some bullshit and I just don't understand. Um, Well, I ain't gonna say I don't understand. I definitely understand because mainstream media and just um, the Willie Lynch syndrome of black people they'll they they just getting on him and uh he got a clip let me pull that clip up um i got a clip for him and he was talking about it um let me see yeah but i i'm supporting ice cube because um a lot of people have been coming out saying that he's been endorsing trump or anything he never endorsed trump you know, he only met with them. He only met with Trump. And he met with um the Democrat Party the Democrat Party as well. But, you know, the like I said, the Democrat Party said they wouldn't they w- wouldn't want to do anything until after they to after the election. And you know, Trump is in a position to actually do something now because he's actually in office right now. And when it comes down to it, they're both, you know, when it comes down to it, it's both they're both playing the politic game. I mean, when it comes down to it. But we don't have the luxury to sit around and sit here and wait, you know, to actually see who's going to do what. We have to put a plan in place in order to get some type of action done. And I don't think people really understand that right now. You have to have a plan in place in order to get action done. And you got to take it to both sides because who you don't know who's going to win. So all the black people that's getting on Ice Cube about, you know, meeting with Trump or whatever, what if Trump wins? So what if he would have been like, nah, I ain't gonna meet with you because I don't, you know what I'm saying, I don't I don't F I don't F with you, you know? I don't I don't I don't like you. So we just shout out of luck if Trump win. I mean, it's just crazy, but here go the clip right here. And Signing fam, um, y'all already know how I get down. Over the last few months, I've been really going deep into this um, political space. Um, You know, reading a lot of history, trying to understand how systems work. Um, not getting caught up in anybody's rhetoric, but looking for my damn self. Um, and 
just trying to figure out why we continue to you know flounder at the bottom you know what is it and what I found is that it's systems in place as we all know it ain't cause you know we ain't doing what we supposed to do as black people because of course we all can do better you know there's shit that we need to do to clean up our cells in our community but besides that shit the system is fucked up it's, it's just designed totally and not only design, but there's a dedication to keeping us at the bottom of this country. Um, and I don't know if we can count on any parties to get us about the shit, to be honest. Um, so we are going to have to do a lot of things different as a black community. Um, we have to pool our resources. We have to think about ourselves. You know, we love all the other races of the world, but at some point we got to figure out how do we get ahead? Because everybody's on top of us, but us. Um, or everybody's on top but us. And the shit ain't going to work. We ain't going to survive this the way it's going. It's just design that I, I can't see the future. So we gotta change this shit. Um, everybody's been mad at me because I haven't been on the, the fucking, um, you know, the gravy train of, of these candidates, you know, especially Joe Biden and Harris, you know. I don't, I don't trust none of them. No president has done right by us. So I don't, I don't I don't trust none of them. So putting our you know, hopes and dreams behind any of them just don't work. We gotta make them do what we want them to do, and there's only a few ways to do that. Now I've been making contacts, trying to you know talk about these real issues, you know. Um, you know, straight up, I believe the the Democrats have, they've been nice, you know, they've been um, cordial, so to speak. You know, I don't, I don't really see them pushing their policies in, in any different direction. You know, they're still talking this minority, minority, people of color shit uh, that don't necessarily include us, that don't necessarily include black Americans, especially um, descendants of slaves, um, Ados, American descendants of slaves. That don't, that, that ain't specifically us. It's everybody. We ain't gonna get shit. Cause when you look around, everybody hate us. So we still at the bottom of that. Um, so, you know, I think the Democrats, they, you know, they got every black celebrity and shit on their team, so they just figure, you know, tell Kiri to shut the fuck up and vote. And so, I ain't gonna do that. You know, I'm gonna push the program. We got a program, I'm pushing it on everybody. Um, 
We also met with the Republicans and shit. They they brought us in. We talked to them. Um, they they moved their agenda a lot because of what we said. Um, you know, they put five hundred billion dollars on the table, and you know, but who knows? You know, who knows what's gonna really happen? You know, um, I just know one, I'm gonna win, and. I don't know if it can really matter to us. We got to just push whoever is in there because ain't nobody really solved our problems. Um, you know, people say we can't take another four years of this. And black people, we could take anything, shit. Um, I mean, Joe Biden, um, you know, the Democrats, I believe they owe us. Um, will they do right by us at the end of the day? Who knows? Um, you know, I think the plan they have is, 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 you know, they're doing a lot when it comes to safety and police and all this shit. But, you know, that dough is thin. Everybody, money is them. We're not going to get no respect in this country without the cash. We ain't going to get no respect in this country without having money in our community. It just ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. So, everybody can be mad at me, pissed off at me. You know, I don't give a, you know, hey, y'all know what it is. <laughs> I'm trying to get to the truth. I ain't about to be part of nobody program. Ain't nobody gonna, you know, give me the back down. Um, and if y'all don't wanna hear the truth, then that's your, you know, that's kind of a personal problem. Um, Cause I'm gonna keep spitting it how I see it, you know, and I think the problem is we a little too one-sided and we need to hold everybody to the fire and make sure everybody uh, do what they're supposed to do when it comes to black people not get caught up in a whole lot of white people business we need to worry about our own what's going on with us and um and then when we get what we got to get then we'll you know welcome everybody but we gotta make a decision and we gotta push people to do something, to do something big and do it right now. And that's all I've been, that's been my whole point of everything is just, we gotta hold both sides accountable. You know, we so quick as black people to jump to the Democrats and you know, but like Cube said, none of these presidents have done shit for us. And when it comes down to it, both sides have flip-flopped for centuries. You know, at one point, the Democrats was racist as hell and they wasn't for us. You know, black people were supporting Republicans, but now we're supporting Democrats. I'm personally, I'm a, I'm a registered independent. 
I did that a couple of years ago when I finally woke up and saw that the Democrats wasn't for us. That was during the Obama administration because uh, the Democrats ain't doing shit for us. But we, we stay loyal to them. We shouldn't be loyal to neither one of them motherfuckers. All black people should be independents, in my opinion. All black people should be independents. We just give them so much loyalty. And I just don't understand how, you know, black people, they people that I've talked to, they get mad at me all the time when I'm always talking about going on Kamala Harris and Biden and stuff like that. But I'm like, hold everybody feet to the fire. Why the fuck are we just doing that with Trump? I mean, Biden is just as racist as Trump is when it when you think about it. And with his crime bill and then Kamala, she's a prosecutor, all the stuff that she did when she was a prosecutor. I mean, come on, hold everybody feet to the fire. And like today I I put on I wrote on Twitter um how I I, I said I said, uh, where is it? I hate scrolling through this stuff. I was like, you know, Trump is not the problem. He is a symptom of the problem along with Biden and the rest of the Republicans and Democrats. But we continue to insanely believe in and support the system that creates them. You know, I mean, what the hell? We... What's the definition of insanity? I mean, come on now. What's the definition of insanity? All these black people out here calling Cube, Ice Cube a sellout and stuff like that for me with Trump and stuff. That is just like the stupidest shit ever, man. And it's just it's just it's just crazy as hell. It's just crazy as hell. I just don't understand. I don't understand why we are so dumb. And we're so fucking dumb, yeah. We're so dumb to keep just loyally supporting the Democrats. And they ain't doing shit for us. They never did shit for us. Hold their feet to the fire just like we holding Trump feet to the fire. <sighs> shit is frustrating. It's just it's just straight, straight up frustrating. I just don't understand. People talking about Q went to the dark side and stuff and how heartbreaking it is and all the niggas is tripping. And even Q came out and said he was like, every side is the dark side for us here in America. They're all the same until something changes for us. They all lie. They all cheat. But we can't afford not to negotiate with whoever is in power or our condition in this country will never change. Our justice is bipartisan. And he's straight up right. If Trump wins, we still going to have to work with him. So what, we just going to sit around and just sit here and complain and shit? Because when it comes down to it, for the past, before Trump even got in the office, when Obama was in office, for them eight years that Obama was in office, he ain't do shit for black people. He primarily focused on the LGBTQ community. And who was his vice president? Biden. So what do you think Biden is going to do? Come on now. Wake up. 
And the reason that they doing that is because the LGBTQ community is actually together. They're actually together. They're on the same page. They're putting their money up. And they're holding these politicians' feet to the fire. And like, like Hugh said, until, until we get to the point where we have some type of economic power, we just going to be in the same spot. Group economics is important. Our community, for our community, group economics is important. The Democrat Party is using all these celebrities and stuff, and these celebrities, I don't know if they're paying them or what, because they just quick to jump to supporting the Democrats and talking about vote, 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 vote. Our lives depend on it. Shit. Our lives, we was losing our lives when Obama was in office. So... I mean, what the hell are they talking about? Our lives have always been on the line. Just like Q was talking about, black people, we've been going through this. Ain't no president has been on our side. No president has been on our side and done anything for us. We've always been going through some shit with every president, even the so-called black president, even the other so-called black president, Clinton. (laughs) The goal is black agenda, not a nicer devil. We sitting here worrying about picking the lesser of two evils instead of focusing on the black agenda. It is frustrating. It is really frustrating. Ice Cube ain't never endorsed Trump. Just because he met with him don't mean nothing. He didn't even meet personally with Trump. He met with their, with Trump's administration, his campaign, to lay the plan out. You have to lay your plan out to both sides because you don't know who's going to win. You got to lay your demands down from jump. So once whoever gets in office... You can step to them and be like, well, you promised this, you promised that. But it's just it's just inter- interesting because, um, you know, you have everybody talking about something. Well, if you don't vote for Biden, um, a vote, if you're not voting for Biden, it's a vote for Trump. But ain't it the other other way around? Not vote for Trump is a vote for Biden. People always come up with their own narratives to push their agenda. It just doesn't make sense. Talking about our lives depending on it, voting and all this other stuff. Man, we've been dying behind every president that's been in office, we've been we've been dying. They ain't had they ain't have our best interests at at heart, and none of them. It's wild. I just don't understand our people, man. It's the Willie Lynch syndrome. And even with the Ice Cube situation, it's been popping out further. And it's just like my previous episode still lynching when I was talking about the Willie Lynch letters and Willie Lynch syndrome and how 
the whole point of the Willie Lynch theory and how they would use they use the black woman to basically the white the white people white um supremacy white privilege all that blah 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 white power stuff they use the black women to push their agenda and that's basically what I've been saying all over Twitter since all the stuff been coming out with Ice Cube and um, particularly Jamel Hill, if you know her, she was a um, reporter with uh, ESPN and she got her podcast and stuff like that. And she had me on Twitter and stuff like that. Now, she was coming out blasting Ice Cube and all this other stuff. And, and even before that, she posted something on Twitter and she was like, is it just me or is there really is it just me or is there really different political energy between black women and black men? You see what I'm saying? And this is what I've been talking about for a few episodes about how it's always this narrative of black men against black women against black men. And that's part of the the, the Willie Lynch syndrome. And Black women seem to be pushing that. And this and I'm not talking about all black women, but it's just always this constant battle between black men and black women. And I don't understand. I mean, I do understand, but it's frustrating. I understand that it's the Willie Lynch syndrome. It's what we've been taught, you know, ever since the time that we've been enslaved. And, you know, and I once she posted that, I was looking at people's comments and stuff like that. And you had a lot of black women coming out saying that, like, one one uh, black woman in particular, she was like, yes, black women will take it upon themselves to do research. And we don't sit back and let people spoon feed us information. We are also inclusive in our agenda items while others are only in it for themselves. I mean, come on, man. Where is this narrative coming from? Like... It's just this constant lack of trust um, from black women against black men. And it's even back to when I was talking about Meg or whatever. Meg and how Kamala Harris and Joe Biden was coming out talking about some they going to put into place. They're going to make sure that nothing like this ever happens again when it comes to black women. Democrats know for sure that they got black women in their hands. And this time around, they definitely know it for the simple fact that Kamala Harris is the vice president candidate. And I've talked about this before. Like, I feel like it's a disrespect to black women to even for the Democrats to push this narrative that Kamala Harris is a black woman. She's not a black woman. She's not a black American woman. You know, just because she went to HBCU and she was in a sorority and all that other stuff doesn't make her. She didn't have to deal with life as a black woman how I know black women had to deal with, you know? She lived, you know, she she lives more of her 
her Indian side of her family. And I ain't talking about Native American Indian. I'm talking about Asian, Asian Indian. But it's just this constant battle between black men and black women. And there's this uh this person, I don't know who this person is, but she must be somebody. Her name is Brittany Cooper. And she wrote this on Twitter. She was like, I'm reminded that in the 19th century, black women used sex strikes to make sure that brothers didn't vote against black interests, which is to say there has always been this rogue black male element among us. And sisters have always been on point. Anyway, I've said enough today. Like, what the fuck is you talking about? Like, see, this is what I'm saying right here. It's always this constant battle between black men and black women. Black women just don't have no trust in black men. But they'll paint a narrative as it being that we aren't smart enough or we ain't down with the cause and all this other stuff. <laughs> I just don't understand, man. And the funny thing about Jamel Hill at that, with what she said, she tweeted back in 2017 how her mother voted for Trump. And she, was, and she said she's been voting Republican since post-Bill Clinton. <sighs> like, she can't even keep up with her bullshit. And that's why I'd be like, what is, is the Democrats out here really paying black black people, particularly black women, to push this shit out here like that? And it's like, you have a majority of black women that's like in love with Democrats. And particularly starting from the time that Bill Clinton was in office. In office. Like when they was spouting that he was the the first black president and all this other stuff. And think about it, you know, when you think about our grandmothers and our grandparents and stuff, and our grandmothers particularly, when they had pictures of uh John Kennedy in the house next to Jesus and stuff like that. Come on. I know y'all seen that shit before. Pictures of John Kennedy next to Jesus. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like I don't know. It's it's the Willie Lynch syndrome. And go back to my episode, Still Lynching, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. White, the white men have been using black women to push their agenda for centuries. And black women are programmed to do that. And it's based off the Willie Lynch theory. Trust me, go back and listen to that episode. Even if you already even if you already heard the episode, go back and listen to it again. And you'll understand what I'm talking about. And it's not it's not me sitting here saying I'm gonna vote for Trump or anything. My whole point is to hold everybody's feet to the fire. We can't trust none of these politicians. We can't trust none of them. Yeah, but I don't see our community moving forward until we address our economics and we address the battle 
between black women and black men. It's a lack of trust there, and we ain't got our money right. And Ice Cube's focus with his plan is on the economic aspect. Now, we got to get to the point where we tackle the battle between black men and black women. And that's more so psychological and emotional than anything else. And it's not surprising when you think about how they push Christianity on us and how you'll hear all throughout our families how they they shun people in the family or, you know, look look down upon on people going to therapy and stuff like that. You know? Think about it. This ain't this ain't just no coincidence. This is by design. Design. This is by design. This is the Willie Lynch syndrome. Willie Lynch syndrome. Go back and listen to my episode Still Lynching. Buy the book, The Willie Lynch Letters. It, it costs like $4 on Amazon, literally $4 on Amazon. Buy the book. They've been using, white white males have been using black women to push their agenda for years. They know who to go after. That's why the Democrats are, are going after the black women. If you look at the polls and stuff on voting and all that other stuff, you go back and look at past past elections and stuff and look at the percentages and when you see it's more black men that's voted Republican than it is black women and stuff like that. The they'll paint the picture of saying that, you know, uh black men just don't know no better. They ain't using their minds and all that other stuff. They're against the black agenda. Just like, you know, that tweet I just read. They're using that to divide us. All this shit is by design, man. So, I ain't down with the lesser of two evils. I mean, you can go look up W.E.B. Du Bois. Go on Google and type in W.E.B. Du Bois and the lesser of two evils and read what he wrote about it. It's just, I mean, and then, like, Earlier today, Jamel Hill, she posted, um, she retweeted something about um, the governor of Maryland. I live in Maryland. The governor of Mer- Maryland, Larry Hogan, he said that um, he wrote in Ronald Reagan instead of voting for Trump. Jamel Hill said that was a profile of courage. How is that a fucking profile of courage? That contradicts everything that she fucking said. So she was getting on Ice Cube for what he did, but when a white man said that he was going to, when a white man said that he wrote in Ronald Reagan instead of voting for Trump, that was a profile of courage. But because Ice Cube met with Trump's administration, his campaign or whatever, he's a sellout and he's a coon and all this other stuff. You see, you see the thinking around that? (laughs) You can't make this up. 
That's Willie Lynch syndrome right there. A white man wrote in Ronald Reagan instead of voting for Trump, and she said that was a profile of courage. We all know what Ronald Reagan did. Reaganomics pushed the crap into our communities. Ronald Reagan destroyed black communities in the 80s, pushing the crack up in there. But she said that that was a profile of courage because another white politician wrote him in instead of voting for Trump. So because he wrote because he wrote in Reagan, that's basically a vote for Trump based off of everybody's logic, huh? But you got everybody calling Ice Cube a sellout and stuff like that, man. Fuck out of here, man. Stupid shit. That's that Willie Lynch syndrome right there. And that's why the more and more I think about it, I'm just like, man, shit ain't going to change for us. Because we just we just too stuck down that down that hole. Even if we if we get our money up, it's still gonna be the shit when it comes to black men versus black women. Black women just don't trust black men. And don't get offended because I ain't talking about every black woman. I mean, if you getting if you getting offended, then I mean, honestly, that might mean that that's you. But I mean, I'm not trying to make it personal. This is about, you know, educating. I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I really don't. But my fault. Um yeah. That's all I had. Just a taste part three. Too lit, too fast. I'm gonna I'm gonna be back uh next week. Um I know I said that I was going to uh do an episode off based off of my blog, um I am all I need on greatestiamblog.com. And I recently posted a, a new blog. Um I am persevering. So go on greatest I am blog. Uh, dot com and check that out and um you know read it share it let me know what you think um i've been getting a, a lot of great feedback from both both blog posts um um you know i guess I'm back fully into writing on my blog. I'm not sure. Um, those two, those two um, blog posts just popped out of nowhere. So, you know, I had to had to write it. Um, I feel, you know, I feel good about them. Um, you know, I just I just try to be transparent about my my challenges and stuff you know to remind myself and others you know that you know I'm human just like you are and this this is all a shared experience you know nobody is better than 
the other. You know, we all have our our challenges. You know, it's, it's up to us to be you know self aware about them and. You know, I don't mind being vulnerable about it anymore. You know, I ain't going to lie. Sometimes I do get embarrassed about it, but it usually doesn't um, stop me from sharing. And, you know, that's a good thing because, you know, I just, it's therapy for me to share, to write it and to also share it on the podcast and um, also just to help other people. So, I mean, I do believe that's my purpose right now. Uh so I don't really have any problem with sharing it, despite the fact that sometimes I get embarrassed about it. But, yeah, check those blogs out. I am all I need, and uh, I am persevering on greatestiamblog.com. I'm going to be back next week to uh, go into more depth on both of those blog posts. Uh, so look out for that. Um, this is just just a taste part three uh too lit too fast and as i always do always end each episode with a song um i really don't have a song that really goes with this episode because this is just a taste so i'm just gonna play a song that i'm feeling right now uh and this song is by kevin ross god is a genius hometown dude real good song here we go Jesus.
Kevin Rose. God is a genius. Y'all notice how a lot of songs aren't long anymore? Like two minutes, three minutes at the most. like playing another song because that joint was just short <laughs> that joint was short as hell damn yeah that was kevin ross god is a genius now nah, i'm gonna play another song <laughs> because that joint was just uh that joint was short as hell um let me see i got so many songs um on my playlist uh, um let me see that song was short. Um, uh, let me see. I ain't like them songs back in the day, Luther and stuff. Luther used to have them eight minute, eight minute, nine minute songs. Um, I like this song right here. This Jones by uh, Givian. Givian. I, I don't. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Givian. Givian. World we created. I fuck with this joint too. This joint nice. I listen to a lot of R and B. I don't really listen to rap like that, um, especially in the house. I listen to a lot of R and B in the house. I li- I mainly listen to rap when I'm working out, or um, if I'm in the car and I'm just you know just need something hype or something. But I mean, I listen to a lot of R and B. So here we go. Show two, this is like three minutes. <clears throat> Feeling comfortable right here where you are. Sun all on your skin, and I'm watching it. Light up every part of me, every part of me. We've been hiding. Yeah, you Laying voice. by your side as you're waking up. Losing track of time as our feelings touch We fall deep into the bed We become the threads intertwined I just wanna stay in the world we created I just wanna sink in the plans that we're making When I leave I'm not looking for a replacement For what I got I need you to trust and believe when I say this Ain't nothing or nobody that's ever gonna break us now looking for situations I ain't forgot Tell me why you always overthinking Now like me to switch up like the seasons No, I haven't had a change of feelings You stay in the back of my mind Everything I do is for tomorrow Running but I'll never let your hand go No more second guessing cause we're so close I just wanna stay in the world we created I just wanna sink in the plans that we're making When I leave I'm not looking for a replacement for what I got I need you to trust and believe when I say this Ain't 
nothing or nobody that's ever gonna break up Now looking for situations I ain't forgot This is a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver. Um, catch me on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Play, Stitcher, and greatestiamblog.com. I'll be back to you guys next week um, going in further of my blog. So make sure you go check the blog out. So um, what I'm talking about next week make more sense to you um i appreciate you i love you um yeah all that good stuff be safe out there covid um life police (laughs) all that um all right i'm gone